Nora Speaks is a weekly podcast that tugs at the soul and consciousness of the Black community. With show topics such as youth empowerment, education, women's impact, and civic engagement, Nora Speaks challenges the listener to not only join the movement, but be the movement. On the show, you'll learn from insightful guests who have demonstrated capacity in these fields and more, and I'm your host, Nora Muhammad. Welcome to the show. Welcome, welcome to another episode of the Nora Speaks Podcast. And I am your host, Nora Muhammad. Thank you for joining me for episode 179 of the podcast. I am very grateful that you have joined me for another conversation on Nora Speaks Podcast. I thank you who are returning listeners, those who are subscribers. I thank those who have shared this podcast with family, with friends, those who have shared it on social media, those who have uh, DM'd me or inboxed me, um, emailed me with your questions, with your um, comments of support. Uh, It is always appreciated. I'm grateful for your feedback and I am very, very excited about this week's conversation on the Nora Speaks podcast. Now, if you are not a subscriber, I do encourage you to subscribe to the Nora Speaks podcast. And wherever you're listening, whether it's Apple, iHeartRadio, Google Play, CastBox, please hit the subscribe button so that you can be notified each time a new episode drops. And on the app that you're using, please leave a comment or a rating or whatever way that your app allows you to leave feedback so that uh, I can know what you think and so that others will know as well. Now, as we move forward with episode 179, I am going to talk about what I have been observing between the vaxxed and the unvaxxed. And by vaxxed, (laughs) I mean those who have been vaccinated with the COVID-19 vaccination. We know that there are uh, several out in the medical marketplace right now. Um, What I'm observing, I mean, I think that maybe in 10 years time when uh, the social scientists look back, they, I think that they will have some pretty interesting um, data and commentary about what we are going through uh, as a nation uh, at this time. And, um, but I do want to talk about what I am seeing as it looks like we are more and more finding ourselves in conflict with each other regarding the choice to vaccinate or the choice to withhold vaccinations. And um, now there are some of us, and of course, when I say us on this podcast, I'm generally referring to black people, black people in America. You know, there are some of us who um, follow the nation's leadership and and, um, depending on our political persuasion, Uh, whether we're Democrat or Republican, we are conservative or liberal or progressive, you know, we follow 
the guidance of those leaders who we uh, most identify with, who we are more inclined with and or more inclined to. And um, some are a little more skeptical. Some of us are a little more questioning, um, questioning at least, and some are suspicious <laughs> at most. And so there are some who just kind of fall in the middle, who just don't know what they should do. And so they uh, don't really make a decision one way or another, which in and of itself is still a, deci- a decision that's been made. Um, so, so yeah, I mean, you know, there are some who, you know, follow unquestioningly, you know, if the doctor makes a recommendation, if the political leader makes a recommendation, if the president makes a recommendation, if Anthony Fauci makes a recommendation, if uh, Joy Reid on MSNBC makes a recommendation, then we follow uh, because perhaps there's trust there. Perhaps we think that there's good guidance there. Um, then we follow their lead. And there are some among us who are a little more questioning, who are a little more uh, skeptical. And, and, and I find that there's growing conflicts and, and, and much of that can be attributed to the media. And, and I'm going to talk about that in a minute. But the point or the conclusion, the takeaway that I want listeners to get from this episode is that we are not at war with each other. We should not be in conflict with each other, no matter our decision to vaccinate or un- or, or not vaccinate. Um, everyone's decision is their own uh, based off of their ideology, perhaps their religious persuasion, uh, perhaps their own medical history, perhaps their own medical experiences, um, perhaps from their own research. Everyone's decision is their own. And we are not here to sit in judgment of each other because someone is vaccinated or because someone is not vaccinated. Now, when COVID-19 or SARS-CoV-2, the coronavirus, um, really started spreading in the early part of 2020, there was a lot of fear mongering. There was, uh, in just in general, a very negative uh, commentary and narrative surrounding the virus. And there were a lot of people who became seriously ill. There were a lot of people who passed away. Uh, what the data is showing us that most of those who are uh, the most vulnerable, those who are the most vulnerable are those who are elderly. And then there's those who have, uh, you know, other chronic medical conditions. And so, you know, the nation went to task with trying to create and develop a vaccine to address this virus, to prevent this virus. And I believe that was called Operation Warp Speed under the Trump administration. And so then once the the uh, vaccinations received the emergency youth use authorization, which is not the same as being 
FDA approved or approved by the Food and Drug Administration. Remember, when these uh, vaccines were, um, you know, being put into the arms of, of, of the citizens in this nation and abroad, there was an emergency use authorization. Uh, they, they didn't go through the general protocols that vaccines or drugs go through before they are uh, on the market. And so we had the emergency use authorization of the Pfizer vaccine, the Moderna vaccine, and the Johnson and Johnson vaccine. And this is what we were told early on about the vaccine. And, and I'll just share, I, I will quote Rachel Maddow, who is an MSNBC um, host. This is what she said. And I quote, now we know that the virus stops with every vaccinated person. A vaccinated person gets exposed to the virus. The virus cannot infect them. The virus cannot then use that person to go anywhere else. It cannot use a vaccinated person as a host to go get more people. That means the vaccine will get us to the end of this. End quote. I'm going to read that again. Quote, now we know that the virus stops with every vaccinated person. A vaccinated person gets exposed to the virus. The virus cannot infect them. The virus cannot then use that person to go anywhere else. It cannot use a vaccinated person as a host to go get more people. That means that the vaccine will get us to the end of this, end quote. And so this is what Rachel Maddow reported on MSNBC. And where does she get her information from? Well, she got her information from those leaders and um, those talking heads and um, those uh, doctors and scientists who were reporting this. And so she reported the information that was available at the time. So the message was, if we all get vaccinated, there will be no more need for a mask. The vaccine prevents us from acquiring SARS-CoV-2. So if everyone was to get va or vaccinated, we will not get the disease. We will not get the virus. And then people who were vaccinated got the virus. So then the message became the vaccine prevents acquiring COVID, but if you get the virus, it prevents severe illness and prevents the spread of the coronavirus. Well, that wasn't necessarily true either because the vaccinated were found to be spreading the virus. So then the message became, get vaccinated to prevent acquiring the virus, but if you get the virus, it will prevent 
severe illness. But then if you became severely ill and you are hospitalized, the vaccine will prevent death. So, so you see how the message evolved as time passed and researchers and doctors and scientists got to see the impact of the vaccine or the lack of impact of the vaccine. Let, let's go through that timetable again. Initially, we were told uh, we should get the vaccine and then we will be free of these darn masks. The vaccine is going to prevent us from getting the virus. But if you don't get the vaccine, you're at risk for getting the virus. And then they said, but, but, but if you do get the virus and you're vaccinated, you won't have severe illness. You're less likely to be hospitalized and you will not spread the virus. Well, okay. They came back and said, well, when you get the virus, you can spread it and you may be hospitalized. But if you are hospitalized, it's likely to prevent death. Now, with a message that is evolving because information data is coming in, we know that researchers, scientists, doctors cannot reach any firm conclusions because information is still incoming, right? Now, I'm going to share something that the uh, Center for Disease Control, the CDC, released uh, as a media release in 2021. And, and this, is, this is what the CDC reported. It says the data has demonstrated that the Delta infection resulted in similarly high SARS-CoV-2 viral loads in vaccinated and unvaccinated people. High viral loads suggest an increased risk of transmission and raise concern that unlike other variants, vaccinated people infected with Delta can transmit the virus. This finding is concerning and was a pivotal discovery leading to the CDC's updated mask recommendation. Let me break this down. The CDC reported in this media release that those folks who were vaccinated had high viral loads of the virus, just like those who were unvaccinated, and that the high viral load suggested that transmission or, or uh, suggested that there was an increased risk of transmission. So we went from get the get the, get the vaccine so you don't need the mask and you won't get COVID to, well, if you do get COVID, you won't get very sick and you won't be able to spread it. Now they're saying, well, if you are vaccinated, you can spread it. You may get sick and you're less likely to be hospitalized. But if you are hospitalized, you're less likely to die because you've been vaccinated. So the the I'm not going to say the science is evolving. I'm just going to say the information is still incoming. And just from my own 
observations. I'm not a scientist or a researcher. I'm not a data analysis, but I can observe what's happening in my environment and with those around me. And since vaccines have been administered to to the population, I've seen folks who are vaccinated become infected with the coronavirus. And I've seen folks who are unvaccinated become infected with the coronavirus. And the folks who are vaccinated say, well, my symptoms were mild because I'm vaccinated. I'm vaccinated. I'm boosted. Uh, I've had my first dose of the vaccine. I've had my second dose of the vaccine. I've had my first booster or my second booster. So I got I got sick. I, I had like flu-like symptoms. I was really unwell, but it was still mild because I'm vaccinated. Well, that's the same thing that the unvaccinated folks told me. Yeah, I had flu-like symptoms. I was sick. It was uncomfortable, but I did not need emergency medical care or hospital level care. I got through it like I had the flu. So the symptoms that I've seen with the vaxxed versus the unvaxxed, they've been about the same. And, um, you know, the, the vaccinated folks say, well, you know, this occurred because I'm vaccinated. I don't know. I haven't heard the, <laughs> the unvaccinated say, well, you know, I, I had mild symptoms. I didn't need emergency medical care. You know, they, they, don't, they didn't put a qualifier on it. And I guess they really didn't have to. But I suppose that some people who uh, received the vaccination, especially in a time where it was very contra, uh, controversial, uh, many arguments on both sides, you know, we want to justify what we do. So the language is my symptoms were mild because I'm vaccinated. And, and that's OK. And that's OK. I know that, you know, this is still, you know, in, in the experimental uh, phase in that we are still learning um, about the uh, effectiveness of the vaccines, the type of vaccines, the variant and how this vaccine addresses this variant. Um, so all of this is still being processed. Now, what is not constructive? I think it's constructive to know that the narrative may change because the facts may not fit with the initial narrative. Remember, get the get the vaccine. You don't need a mask. Then they said, oh, wait, wait, people who are vaccinated are getting the virus and spreading it. So so get the vaccine and wear your mask. Right. But but it's it, it's constructive when we pay attention to the information that's that that's ongoing, that's coming in. That's constructive. And, and we just adjust accordingly. What is not constructive are the insults and the put downs. That is not constructive, nor is it convincing. And, and it, goes, it goes both ways. I've heard folks who are unvaccinated kind of um, uh, uh, mock those who are uh, vaccinated. And I've certainly heard a lot of folks who are vaccinated uh, kind of demonize those who are unvaccinated. And I will uh, share if you don't watch CNN, you know, Don Lemon on CNN, he 
was on his show calling people idiots. You know, people who want to research COVID, you know, COVID-19 or the vaccines or the treatments. He was calling the folks idiots. Now, that's not constructive. That's not convincing. I mean, if 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 your goal is to sway uh, public opinion towards, you know, your inclination or, or your leanings, I don't think calling someone stupid is going to help. I don't think calling someone an idiot is going to help. And so let's just be reminded that these people that we see on television, they're not necessarily journalists. They're entertainers. They're entertainers, right? Journalists are folks who report the facts. They don't give their opinion or narrate because they have an agenda, right? Journalists just report the facts, you know, and 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 what we see are people who are convinced because of whatever is convincing them to to incline one way or another. And, and now they're trying to convince others. And that's OK. I just say don't call yourself a journalist and calling people stupid and idiots is not constructive. So, I, you know, that's disappointing, you know, with Don Lemon doing that. And then, of course, you have Howard Stern, who is an entertainer. And he's saying and others have said this, that people who are not vaccinated should not be admitted to hospitals if they get sick. He literally said that <laughs> if he was in charge, then they would go home and die. Really? Now, these people could be your neighbors, right? They, they, they could be your, your colleagues. They, they could be your family members. To have such <laughs> harsh language, you know, and, and, and just, just consider how, you know, Americans have very bad habits, right? <laughs> there's overeating, there's alcohol addiction, there's drug addiction, um, there's suicide. When those folks get sick as a result of that habit, their behavior, their recklessness, whatever it is, they, they're still entitled to medical treatment, aren't they? Right? Convi- convicted felons, if they're imprisoned, they still have a right to medical care, right? People who have attempted suicide and are suicide survivors, they still get medical care. Professional boxers, people who go into the ring and pound on each other or, or, or go into the ring and get pounded on. They still get medical treatment. So if, if a drug addict, and we, we know when we start using drugs that they're not good for us. We know when we start smoking cigarettes that that's not good for us. We know if we abuse alcohol, that's not good for our health and has, and has health implications. Right. But no one has said, wait, you're how, how much do you drink? Oh, no, you, you know, go home and die. Right. We, we don't talk like that. We don't have these attitudes about them. And so this harsh, negative rhetoric against our neighbors is uncalled for. And, and I mean both ways, those who are unvaxxed, who are um, condemning those who are vaccinated and those who are vaccinated, who are condemning those who are unvaccinated. It's 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 harsh and and it's unnecessary and, and it's unconstructive and it's largely fueled by the media and it's fueled by these leaders who have an agenda one way or another and so what I encourage is just have compassion for your neighbor I mean before COVID I think you know if if you're you and your colleague got along pretty well but now that you found out that your colleague is unvaccinated now they're a demon how did that happen they're still the same person aren't they but because they didn't do what you want them to do with their own bodies 
then then they're an awful person or because you're unvaccinated and you think that your colleague is now uh, uh, a follower or, or sheep because they chose to get vaccinated for whatever reasons they chose to get vaccinated. It's really, really not for us to pass that kind of <laughs> to pass that kind of judgment. So have compassion, have compassion for your neighbors. And we don't have to agree with other people's ideas. We don't have to convince other people of our ideas. We don't have to persuade people to our way of thinking, but we should respect each other. And we should be watchful and cautious of the inclination to be so divided and to be so divisive, right? Look, as the black community, we just, we just can't afford any more division. So we should be careful about those who um, lead us with language that is divisive. And I think we should be considerate that those folks who are uh, hesitant to uh, vaccinate themselves and their children, those who just flat out refuse to uh, receive the vaccination, this does not make them an anti-vaccine proponent, right? I mean, it sounds like they're lumping folks who have not received this vaccine, they're lumping them into the anti-vaxxers and, 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 you know, the anti-vaxxers have a stigma <laughs> against them as if they're some, uh, some, some weirdos, you know, um, there's some silly conspiracy theorists. And, um, I don't know that they're weirdos or silly. Um, but I know that they have a perspective, like I have a perspective And so people are justifiably cautious, but caution does not make someone an anti-vaxxer, someone who is not uh, um, in haste to receive one of the vaccines. It doesn't make them an anti-vaxxer. And I would also suggest that there is enough uh, evidence in American history of... uh, uh, deception, intentional deception, um, and the deception of drug makers and drug manufacturers. There's enough that can give a reasonable person pause, that can make a reasonable person ambivalent or hesitant to receive the vaccine. And look, I know that when they talk about people who are not vaccinated, uh, you know, they talk about the black community and how they have to convince the black community to get vaccinated. And early on, there was talk about the Tuskegee experiment. And and listen, we don't have to t- tiptoe to that not so distant past of the Tuskegee experiment. There is a uh, a film, a documentary on Netflix called The Bleeding Edge. And on that show, you will learn about Um, medical device manufacturers who are rushing these devices to market into the hands of doctors who are putting these things in patients and destroying their lives. And the FDA has to approve these devices. So, and that's not in the so distant past. I would encourage you to watch 
that documentary on Netflix called The Bleeding Edge. Um, you know, and, and, and I believe Johnson & Johnson is even mentioned on that documentary. Um, let's think about what happened with the Sackler, fa- the Sackler family with Purdue Pharma and how this, uh, these <laughs> billionaire drug dealers uh, skirted uh, criminal detention in spite of the fact that millions of people have lost their lives to opioid addiction and that families were ruined and lives were ruined because of opioid addiction. And the FDA's involvement with them and, and Big Pharma and how this family was able to get by without any significant penalty to them personally, right? But but the public paid significant penalty. The public is still paying the penalty of the opioid crisis, right? Johnson & Johnson, you know, everybody, they, they I guess it's cute that we call it the J&J. This is still the Johnson & Johnson that sold the cancer-causing baby powder with knowledge that the ingredients in the powder were carcinogenic, that they caused cancer, right? So, <clears throat> you know, the hesita- hesitation or the doubt, it is not unfounded when people have it. The reservations that people have, it's not unfounded when they have it regarding the, the, the vaccines that were developed with warp speed, right? The adverse reactions, you know, how adolescent males were developing pericarditis, right? Inflammation of the heart. We don't want anything ever to go wrong with our heart. And for families to have to consider their sons and the risk of a heart condition, that is enough to cause pause. Folks have developed uh, neurological issues we know that there have been blood clots. We know that there have been death from blood clots. So, you know, I mean, we have to give consideration to other people's perspectives. And I'll I'll share that there is something called the Countermeasures Injury Compensation Program. Now, what does this do? This provides liability protection for companies that are developing vaccines and drugs and other products with a goal to end the pandemic or some other emergency. It's the Countermeasures Injury Compensation Program. What does this do? It limits the claims of people who are injured by COVID-19 vaccines. It limits your claim, right? So regardless of how catastrophic your injury is, the claim that you make has already been limited through this legislation. So basically, drug companies have immunity from the potential liability lawsuits. And I saw a quote that I thought was interesting. This is from Renee Gentry. She's, or, um, this is the director of the Vaccine Injury Litigation Clinic at George Washington University Law School. Um, Renee said, the countermeasure compensation program is effectively a right to file and lose. Because when a consumer wants to make a claim against one of these vaccine 
or drug manufacturers because they've been injured by the COVID-19 vaccination, their ability to get damages is significantly limited. That's a concern. That's a, that's a big concern for people, especially after we've seen some of the catastrophic illnesses and injuries and deaths that have occurred. Uh, so when folks are hesitant, you know, I hear the language they're you know, they're they're stupid. They're idiots. Uh, folks say, well, well, I'm fine. My family's fine. Uh, somebody's family isn't fine because somebody is no longer alive or someone has significant illness or, or somehow somebody has, you know, uh, significant or, or and chronic neurological disorder after receiving the vaccine, you know. And, and so um, we shouldn't be too judgmental, nor should we be too dismissive when people are expressing their hesitation and, and expressing their concerns. So. Um, the bottom line is that although the predominant language that we're hearing from the media and our leaders is divisive, we know that divisive language, especially in our community, it gets us nowhere and that we must always, always run back to find our common ground. Uh, President, This is what President Biden said, and I quote, the bottom line, we're going to protect vaccinated workers from unvaccinated workers, end quote. I'll repeat that. Quote, the bottom line, we're going to protect vaccinated workers from unvaccinated workers, end quote. Well, I just shared with you earlier that the CDC uh, had a media release indicating that folks who are vaccinated have a high viral load just as folks who are unvaccinated and that that high viral load suggests that transmission occurs at a high rate. So I don't know that it's fair to say that you're going to protect one group of people from another group of people. This is divisive language and we cannot afford to widen any rifts that are already separating us. So if we remember very, very early on when this pandemic happened, there was talk about comorbidities, those chronic health conditions that increase our likelihood of death and or hospitalization if we were to contract the coronavirus, like comorbidities such as diabetes, heart disease, high blood pressure, uh, high cholesterol, kidney disease, some of some of uh, morbid obesity, some of the conditions that are uh, far too commonplace and have too high an occurrence within our community. We were told very early on that having these chronic health conditions increases our likelihood of hospitalization and or death. Have we forgotten this? Are we tackling this concern? I know that they promoted the vaccine as a fix, but we see that the vaccine isn't a fix. So what I think that we should encourage our people to do is to eat, think, and do good. 
so that we can improve our overall well-being. We need to naturally strengthen our immune system so that any disease or, or virus that's present, our body can uh, respond and have the appropriate response. Look, you know, if, if the flu is out there, it's a virus, right? If the flu is out there and we get it, well, we got a virus, right? But we, what we want, what we desire is that our body is not so compromised that it cannot uh, facilitate a, an appropriate immune response to fight off the virus, right? So regardless of if we're vaccinated or if we're unvaccinated, because we can be vaccinated, right? And, and be diabetic with heart disease and, and kidney disease, right? So we can be vaccinated, but that the, we know the vaccine isn't going to stop us from uh, acquiring the virus. And if someone uh, acquires this virus that we know can attack the respiratory system, and, and, and that person has chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, right, or, or emphysema from smoking. So let us not just be one-dimensional, whether we're coming from a vaxxed perspective or an unvaxxed perspective. Let us not be one-dimensional, and we definitely cannot be divisive with each other. We have more reasons to work together, and we have more commonalities than we uh, have differences, and our commonalities are so compelling that we should not spend much time focusing on those areas in which we differ. So this does not, we don't have to operate like we see some people doing as as a vaxxed versus unvaxxed uh, war. We're not in conflict with each other. Um, there are some things that we are in conflict with. There are some groups, there are some people, there are some systems that we are in conflict with, but we are not in conflict with each other. We need not be in conflict with each other. We, we have enough that we are in conflict with. And so we should be working together regardless of uh what side of the vaccination uh, table we are sitting at, we should be working together to address the common needs of our people. And the most common need as it pertains to this coronavirus is being healthy and, 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 and having a positive attitude. You know, I think about how when this, this virus um, hit the United States, oh my gosh, the, the commentary, the, the, the narrative was so negative. And, you know, I was I was a, a very, very young child when, you know, AIDS was a, a really, really um, I don't want to say a, a big deal. But, you know, when people were very afraid, you know, and, um, you know, aqu you know, acquiring HIV, it was just like, OK, well, that means that you're you're dying <laughs> and you may die pretty quickly. And that's was the presentation with this virus. And in some cases, that was the reality, you know. However, what I encourage you to do is keep a positive attitude. Keep a positive attitude and let your attitude kind of be directive for you. Because if you think negatively, like, oh, gosh, if I get this virus, then I'm going to just get very, very sick. Well, you know, there's a thing of self-fulfilling prophecy. So let your attitude um, be a directive for you. And as they are reporting on this, um, remember, you know, you know, these uh, folks have agendas, um, politicians have agendas, you know, they're trying to get their agenda across. 
um, drug manufacturers, they definitely have agendas. Um, And so let's think about what's our agenda. And our agenda need not be us demonizing and being dismissive and condescending with each other because one is vaxxed or one is unvaxxed. Uh, You know, our agenda can be on strengthening our community, strengthening our families, strengthening our health. And we have uh, a means to do that. So I want to thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Neurospeaks podcast. I really did not think that it would be this long. So I thank you for hanging in there with me. I hope that the information that I shared with you, you find valuable. Um, This episode and other episodes, and I will definitely, definitely include some links into some of what I shared uh, from the CDC, from Rachel Maddow, um, maybe a few other links. I'll, I'll include those so that you can go take a look at that yourself. But I'm definitely interested in your feedback as always. And you can email me at Nora at Nora Speaks Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. And until next time, stay in peace. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Nora Speaks Podcast. Be on the lookout for a new episode coming at you fresh next week. And as always, if you want to learn more about me and the work that I do, visit my website, noramohammed.com. Or if you have a listener question, email me at info at You can also follow the Nora Speaks podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Nora Speaks Podcast. I'll be sure to include links in the show notes. If this show has value to you, please subscribe, rate, and review, and share it with family and friends. And be sure to check out previous episodes. And remember, don't just join the movement, be the movement. Stay in peace.